0: Welcome into What's Good with KB and JB Podcast Show covering the NFL, college football, and the top stories in the sports world with producer Patton Cook, NFL All-Pro and former Tennessee Titan linebacker Keith Bullock, veteran sports anchor John Burton.
1: Keith Bullock is out of pocket this week. Duty calls. He, of course, the uh, owner and general manager of a... uh, of the Just Love Coffee Shop out in uh, Franklin, Tennessee, I believe. And um, he's not able to join us today, but he sends his best wishes. John Burton, the General, Patton Cook, here for this week's edition of the podcast show. And uh, Patton, uh, as we record this, you and I just uh, finished our live show that you and I are a part of, the Greg Pogue and John Burton Show here on WNSR Radio, and you can catch it on SoundCloud as well. And it's kind of, I love, we love Greg, right? He's a great guy and he's a hall of fame sports writer. And a, it, 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 it's a privilege and thrill to do this show with him five days a week, but man, he was on one today. So it's, 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 maybe it's a good thing that he's, he's left the building and it's just you and me this week on the podcast show. He,
0: uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, he, TSU, I think did a number on him, did a double header and of yep. course was out late last night. And then. He's, uh, he's on the interstate right now, heading to, uh, some part of Illinois. I, right. I can't, he kept saying the name. I cannot remember the name, but, uh, yeah, it's
1: Western Illinois, wherever that campus right. is located. Exactly.
0: Can... So, uh, good luck to him, but no, we got a lot to break down, a lot of yeah. games, a lot of coaches, a lot of pettiness. So yes. Here we, we got, go. yeah,
1: yeah. We got, we got some petty news. You're going to cook later. So we always let Patton cook every week. And again, uh, Keith, not with us this week, but, uh, we should have him back uh, in the saddle next week. We certainly look forward to uh, catching up with him. You're right. Lots of breakdown. Of course, here locally, the big story. The Titans search for a new head coach to replace Mike Vrabel. Several candidates have already been met with virtually. And then once the divisional round of the playoffs is over, then teams can bring in or the Titans will be permitted to bring in uh, candidates for in-person face-to-face interviews. They've already had a virtual interview with Bengals offensive coordinator, Brian Callahan, the the reports say he will be in next week. Uh, they've conducted virtual interviews with uh, Bobby Slowick, uh, the uh, Texans OC, uh, the Panthers OC, Thomas Brown, Antonio Pierce, the, Raider, the Raiders interim head coach. Um, several candidates have been in already. And, you know, Amy Adams-Strunk said this, and she's sticking to it. She's going to cast a wide net. It's not just not just going to be restricted to offensive guy versus defensive guy. She's had both uh, come in or not come in, but come on virtually uh, to interview for this job. And I think that's a good thing because I think, you know, with the national backlash that this organization has gotten for firing Mike Vrabel, not knowing all the ins and outs, you know, no disrespect to them, but they don't have boots on the ground like we do. We know they don't know some of the inner workings of what was going on allegedly, you know, with Vrabel, with Amy Adams-Strunk, with uh, Rand Carthon, the general manager. I think it's good that she, that Amy is taking her time on this, and, you know, I think she knows I have to nail this higher because the new stadium's coming in 2027, mm-hmm. and we need to be up and running and competitive by the time those doors open.
0: Yeah, certainly not going to be in any excuses and up. Not- being able to talk to the right people because they've talked to almost all of the people uh, at this point. Nine interviews have been either scheduled or have uh, been had already, Mm -hmm. to your point, John. And you're right. I think this is a pivotal moment in this franchise because uh, the sort of stadium that you're going to build is one to feel the Super Bowl, hopefully, in Mm -hmm. in the years to come. And uh, maybe not to play in that Super Bowl necessarily, but you want to be at the top of uh, the league, and if you've got some pieces there, you like your quarterback, you like a good, a young running back, your defensive lineman Jeffrey Simmons is one of the best in the league at a very good age right now, and not a a crippling contract, I, I would necessarily say either. So right. certainly, uh, they've talked to a lot of people. I think for myself as a fan, kind of coming into it, the offensive of mind was something that I've looked at. I've kind of warmed maybe to the idea of someone on the defensive side of the ball, but it has to be the right fit. I, I I think you have to get it right because they got they got it right with Mike Vrabel, and I don't think they necessarily hired him for his defensive mind. Of course, he was a very— Those rare, weren't
1: great, de- great defenses no. he had in, with the Texans. They were like 31st in the league or something like that when it, he left.
0: And to be quite honest, the Titans never really, in my opinion, had an elite shutdown— one, two, three level defense in this league. They had good defenses, mm-hmm. the bend but do not break, but it was more the playing figure head coach, the leader of men. And so I think if the Titans go that route on the defensive side, they have to love the character. But for me, John, I wonder, they had a Mike Vrabel type character, strong-willed, right? Uh, my way or the highway type of guy. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they're going to go towards that. And I, I think everything we've heard, they have not. They will not interview Bill Belichick. They will not uh, interview uh, Jim Harbaugh for mm-hmm. maybe reasons we do not know. But, John, those are, guys are, I've got a way that I want to win, and yep. I know how I'm going to do it. Everybody they've hired is first-year guys for the most right. part, except Dan Quinn. hes He's been a head coach. So I think we see what they want. They want someone that they can mold themselves that is not going to want total control necessarily or a lot of control mm-hmm. so I'm, I'm interested to see how this goes for the titans in the couple of weeks as uh, they continue interviewing and in, in-person uh coaches
1: yeah i would imagine ben johnson the lions oc uh, they have the big uh playoff game this weekend with the buccaneers i would imagine he's on the list to come in and and meet whenever the lions are done um and i'm going to go down on a rabbit hole sure. just a little bit and talk about what you were saying in terms of the coach that wants total control versus, you know, kind of the every man that is the player's coach. And I'm, I'm not as demanding. I don't need as much power. Right. You know, here in Tennessee, right, we have the Tennessee Lady Vols women's basketball team. Highly successful, you know, arguably the greatest program in the history of women's college basketball. Certainly UConn is there and a couple other programs. They won, you know, so many championships with Pat Summit. Pat Summit was the ultimate power dictator. Mm-hmm. Her players were deathly afraid of her. Like, you know, Pat cared about her players, but she wanted to put the fear of God in them. You know, she cared about her players. She loved her players, but you didn't want to screw up because you didn't want to bear the wrath of Pat Summit. So, you know, she unfortunately passed away a number of years ago. Holly Warlick took over. Um, She coached for a few years, was let go, and now Kelly Harper is the head coach. And Kelly Harper played for Pat, won national championships with Pat, but she is the polar opposite of Pat. Mm -hmm. She loves on her players. She's always talking in the media. I love my players. You know, we work so hard. I'm so proud of them. Whereas Pat would get in front of the microphone and say, we're not playing well enough. Our defense sucks. You know, we're not rebounding. We have to do this. We have to do that, right? Kelly's the polar, polar opposite. And, you know, she's had some success, but, she, you know, Tennessee hasn't been back to the final four since Pat Summit you know, became the coach. So back to your point, it kind of, it's kind of a, a, a case of, you know, what do you want from a head coach? Do you want that, that, as you said, leader of men, that person that wants the power, that wants a lot, if not all the say in right. personnel, et cetera, et cetera. But you're right. It feels like whoever this next coach is going to be, you know, Amy hasn't laid out who's going to answer to who, but I would guess whoever the new head coach is is going to answer to Rand Carthon, the general manager, who in turn will answer to Amy Adams Strunk, the controlling owner.
0: And it's not just the Titans. I don't want to paint a picture that just the Titans are wanting to do this. You look around the league, I think that kind of got stale in New England. There aren't a lot of teams around the league right now that have a A coach like a Mike. It doesn't work anymore. It really doesn't, and that's I think why you see Vrabel right now. From all I've seen, has only had one interview, Mm -hmm. and apparently went well with the L. A. Chargers uh, yesterday. uh, By a matter of fact, so it's not just the Titans in that fact, but um, when you move on from a guy like Mike Vrabel, who that locker room was as tight as I think you can have in the NFL. That's something I can
1: tell, and and just not to interrupt you, but, but to jump in for a second. Uh, you know, I can tell you this from being in that locker room and, and, and you know, talking to those players, that was a quality group in there. There was always quality guys. There was never any drama amongst the players right. that we knew about from a media standpoint. You know, whatever was going on was nipped in the bud. and was never brought to light. And so I give Vrabel a lot of credit for that.
0: Yeah, I just think we hear about whenever Kevin Byard left, how that's going to be a huge void in that locker room. I'm not sure we've really talked about how much of a void that locker room is going to be without with no Mike Vrabel in it because I think uh, I, don't, I don't I don't know I don't know how far and I don't want to go too far down it but I, I think that's going to be something big. There's going to have to be guys. I don't really look on that locker room, John, and see true leaders. Now Jeffrey Simmons mm-hmm. is a terrific player and I'm mm-hmm. sure he is a great leader behind the scenes, but I think you need that alpha yeah. and, and maybe Will Levis could maybe fill into that. Maybe that's he something has that potential. could happen. But I, I think someone's going to have to step into it, whether it's a player, whether it's a coach, whether Ray Carthon. I know GMs don't like to be involved right. too much in that front, but that's something the Titans always could rely on. There's never really dysfunction in a locker room because of, of a guy like Mike Vrabel. I think the Titans are going to have to figure out who that's going to be because I think that's going to be pivotal.
1: Well, you talk about a guy like Kevin Byard. You're right. Not only was he a leader, but he was a guy, and I've, I've been doing this a long time, mm-hmm. Patton. I don't think I've ever met a guy Who was more? Who took more pride in being a leader than Kevin Byard? Like he wore it as a badge of honor. Like he, he, it was no question in his mind that he was a leader, and he accepted that role. You're right. Who's going to step up and accept that role? You know, is it going to be D Hop? Is he even going to be back next year? (laughs) And that's not really his bag. I mean, he's he he was a lot better this year than I thought he was going to be. I I I thought when they signed him, it could be a situation where. All right, if this team loses a couple of games and he's not getting the ball and getting targets, you know, he may, you know, chirp a little bit. Never happened. Nope. And you have to figure Vrabel had a lot of influence on that, right? I look at a guy like Amani Hooker, like you said, Jeff Simmons, some of these guys, you know, Will Levis perhaps, but you're right. You need that undisputed leader. And, you know. it's,
0: and it's unfair to really ask Levis to be that year, two. Exactly, I think we know what—
1: Like, they'll give him the captain C next year sure. because he's the starting quarterback. But, I mean, you know, it's going to be a couple of years before he's really the leader, the face of the franchise, exactly. right?
0: Exactly. And I, I think we here locally know that this, this guy's got a great shot to be it. But I think you look around the league— I don't think people would view Will Levis as a sure-thing quarterback. I think we don't necessarily think that, but we think We Irish. like what we
1: see. We, exactly. we we like the potential, but we don't
0: know. Exactly. So I, I think there's some quiet leaders in that locker room. That is as far from the truth when you're describing Mike Vrabel. He is a loud leader, mm-hmm. and I think this team needed it at some point. There are a lot of hard moments the past uh, six years uh, under his reign. So, yep, uh, head coaches candidates are going far and wide but they have to get it right. If they don't, um, <laughs> this uh, this stadium opening could be not a a welcomed sign. It could be, a, oh, oh, here we go. If we don't get this thing right, it could be a, a, a long time before they do.
1: Which is why I kind of lean more towards an offensive guy because the number one priority, I believe, for this team, for this Titans team going forward, is the development of Will Levis. Now, he's going to be the starter next year, but now he's got to learn a new offense because whoever, you know, whoever comes in is going to is going to have to teach him a new offense and he's he'll have time to learn it but not a lot of time nope. it's going to it's going to get late early and it seemed like or at least in training camp last year he kind of struggled learning, you know, Tim Kelly's offense. And so now he's got to learn another one. You got to turn the page, you know, there's going to be new personnel. Derrick Henry likely won't be there for him to turn around and hand off to mm-hmm. in times of trouble. <laughs> Mother Mary calls to right. me. <laughs> you know, shout out to the Beatles. So, you know, it's very important. You, Amy has got to nail this hire. She has to. Yep. And I, and I believe she knows it. And I believe that's why she's, like she, like she said, casting a wide net. I mean, listen, when she talked to Mike Keith after, after Mike Vrabel was fired, she didn't offer a whole lot, you know, in terms of reasoning or, or you know, they won't even lay out what their vision for the franchise is yet, which is kind of silly. Right. But she did say one thing. Take your time. Cast a wide net, and that's smart of her to do that. She's Either she came up with that or she's getting some really good advice.
0: Uh, absolutely, and I, I was pretty firm on why I thought the Titans maybe should have waited, uh, maybe held out a little bit, maybe to get some value off Mike Vrabel. But the longer I think about it, it and how, how important we're saying this hire is, You want your one or two, plan A or plan B type candidate. And if you try and go that route, maybe you do, maybe you don't get it. But I I think I tend to agree with them now. It was just too big of a risk to to kind of wait around Mm -hmm. and sit and hope. uh, Maybe we can get a first-round pick. Maybe we can't. But you look at uh, the team I thought was a foregone conclusion, the New England Patriots, they were as swift and as quick in their hire as maybe I that was expected already a or done anybody deal. expected.
1: That was already a done deal. Gerard Mayo, right? former Tennessee star. So happy for him. Um, that's going to be look and feel a lot different in New right. England without yeah. Bill there, who's been there for uh, 24 years. As you said, looks like he's getting close to getting the Falcons job. The Dallas Cowboys, surprisingly, mm-hmm. are keeping Mike McCarthy after a disastrous playoff loss to the Packers.
0: That they are, and as well as the Eagles. Two coaches that really flamed out at the yeah, end of the Nick year. Yeah, Sirianni, yeah. Which I,
1: I didn't think the Eagles were going to no. let go Sirianni. He just had him in the Super Bowl last
0: year. He did, but the Doug Peterson factor to me, it kind of makes me yeah. think. <laughs> a guy who won a Super Bowl, of course, a little bit different circumstances, yeah. but... Well, he
1: kind of embarrassed the franchise that with yeah. that last game a couple of years ago during the
0: COVID year. That, that is true. But I, to your point, I, I think Dallas may be a little more surprising because you heard the rumors about how they like Vrabel, mm-hmm. they like Belichick, two, two really good coaches and mm-hmm. two that I think would have performed well there. But Harbaugh would have been interesting in and, Dallas. And you wonder, you heard Dak Prescott after the game mm-hmm. saying if McCarthy's future is in question, you can question mine too. You wonder if maybe some of the players... Well, Dak
1: Prescott's defense. in no position to, to uh, you know, he's a good regular season quarterback, but he's proven nothing in the playoffs. So uh, I
0: don't know, you know, good on for that. They, are, they are tied to him yeah. like uh, more than a married couple, quite frankly. They are uh, <laughs> right now locked to, key to uh, handcuffs at the moment.
1: <laughs> yeah. As uh, I fully expected... You know, everybody in Pittsburgh, my my friends back in Pittsburgh, everybody wanted Tomlin out. They still want him out. But the Roonies, they don't fire coaches. OK, they've had three coaches since 1969. The third one's still there. And I, I've been saying, you know, Tomlin would have to raise his hand and say, I don't want to be here anymore, which I guess was a possibility. But uh, he announced this week, he told his players, I'm coming back, I'm coaching next year. And the Roonies are like, fine. He's in the last year of his deal, but I guarantee you he'll get he'll get an extension.
0: Going to bring in uh, competition as well for Kenny Pickett, something he said. So yep. I think there's he a lot of He needs a new OC
1: too. Sure definitely. does. All right, we'll, uh, we'll spin around the league and preview this weekend's big divisional games coming up. Let Patton cook. Petty News. All the stuff you come to enjoy right here on the podcast show. Hey, it's John Burton from News Channel 5 and the Greg Pogue and John Burton Show. And I'm former All-Pro linebacker for the Tennessee Titans,
0: also known as Mr. Monday Night Keith Bullock. And I'm Patton Cook.
1: We're inviting you to join us every Saturday morning from 10 to 11 for What's Good with KB and JB, the podcast show.
0: All live on Nashville Sports Radio 95.9 and all streaming platforms. We talk
1: Titans, we talk SEC football, we talk NBA, we talk everything, and we also get a little petty from time to time. Make sure you join us.
0: You're listening to What's Good with KB and JB Podcast Show, live on WNSR, Nashville's first 24-hour sports station.
1: They call it the best weekend in football. The divisional round of the AFC and NFC playoffs. Some interesting games last week. Really, only one highly competitive game. That was the Lions beating the Rams 24 23 up in Detroit. Really happy for the city of Detroit and the fans there. They've been waiting for this a long time. (laughs) Patton, I was a senior in college the last time the Detroit Lions won a playoff game. Eric Kramer was the quarterback. (laughs) Barry Sanders was the running back. They beat the Dallas Cowboys in the old Pontiac Silverdome. And that was some 30 years ago, my man. So, uh, you know, I was was happy to see the Lions um, advance. And by luck of the draw, they get another home game this week against the
0: Buccaneers. That they do... uh... I was happy as well. You know, I I picked uh, in our little pick with the pickers with uh, yourself and and Greg Pogue. I liked the Rams in that one, at least the cover, which they did end up doing. But I thought, I got to give credit to the Lions because I thought whenever L.A. took the lead and it looked like they were going to be able to kind of see that one out, Detroit hit him with one last final punch mm-hmm. and ended up winning the ball game. Dan
1: Gamble, not it, Dan Campbell, yeah, Dan Gamble.
0: Absolutely. So uh, give credit to those guys. Give credit to that city. I mean, it was almost like a, a carnival atmosphere yeah. after they are winning. And you had Eminem in the building mm-hmm. and, and uh, singing out that. So, yeah, very cool game. Very cool city. Happy for the city of Detroit. But I think they got an, an, a nice test this weekend, the way Baker Mayfield looked against yeah. the Eagles. We'll see how that plays out, but uh right now, John, I mean, I could see this uh this little Detroit Lions team going on a run here. We'll see
1: <laughs> they're the new Americas team, okay, absolutely screw the Dallas Cowboys for a number of reasons, as you know, I'm being a Giants fan, I hate the Cowboys sports hate. I should specify that <laughs> you know there's way too much hate in this world, believe me um yeah, and' well, you're right and. I love what Campbell did at the end of that game. You know, let's go win it right now because Mm -hmm. I think he knew, I don't want to give Stafford one more opportunity where all he needs is a field goal and he's got Cup and Nakua to throw to. That's not a good recipe. So they call him Dan Gamble in Detroit. He goes for it on fourth down. You know, he fake punts. He's that dude. But you know what? He's changed the culture of the Detroit Lions. Yep. I mean, it's been really not just 30 years. It's been 60 years Futility like Bobby Lane won him a couple of NFL championships like in the 50s or 60s, even before I was born. Mm-hmm. But nobody remembers that. That's a, that's around today. And if you do, God bless you. Uh, you know, if you're still around and you remember that, God bless you. So uh, Detroit moves on. What really shocked me, I'm not surprised that the Texans beat the Browns, but the way they beat the Browns. You know, I was the one that said the Cleveland Browns with Joe Flacco Mm -hmm. and that great defense. I Remember I said they're going to win two playoff games and get to the AFC Championship game. What an incredible performance in what has been an incredible season for the Houston Texans. I know, you know, as a Titans fan, they're a rival of yours, so you only want to give them so much love like me me with the Cowboys and Eagles, but you got to be impressed.
0: Well, and if uh, Mike Vrabel didn't open his mouth to Diana Rossini, uh, that might be the Titans right now uh, playing in the playoffs, but no, it's it's been a hell of a season uh, for him, and I, I want to give give credit to Houston because for them coming in, I mean, I, halfway through, I thought, all right, this is a nice little story, but I, I just don't see this ending. Uh, but how they've played in, in this, not only the regular season, but – taken it to a, a terrific defense, John, that's played mm-hmm. all year long. They didn't get a sack. They didn't get a turnover. I don't think you got the QB hit. Exactly. And uh, give credit to uh, what the Texans have done so far this year. But mm-hmm. it was a fantastic performance by C.J. Stroud and company. But that little fairy tale that they had in the regular season uh, is still continuing on. But major disappointment, I think, for the Browns. This did not show up and never could get into it.
1: Yeah, and, you know, the funny part is, the Browns' defense totally broke down in that game, so what did they, what did they do? They fired their OC <laughs> and their running backs coach, my yeah. man Stump Mitchell, <laughs> from back in the day. So, um, yeah, man, I mean, I, I think, didn't Stroud have a perfect QB rating in that game?
0: Wouldn't surprise yeah. me. I mean, whenever you throw as much touchdowns as he did and not throw any interceptions, yeah. you know you're going to have a good day, but uh, John is a rookie coming in to that sort of pressure. I know he's I know he's at home, but... Uh, you're the standalone game really at that moment of course mm-hmm. it's the playoffs but your first ever playoff game and you come yeah. out no nerves at all and uh he showed out for uh, for Houston
1: rookie head coach and rookie quarterback and they're still alive in the playoffs after we thought they'd win maybe three or four games it's been incredible uh I took great joy in watching the Green Bay Packers destroy the Dallas Cowboys and you know it's so funny I've got a lot of cowboy friends uh in my life. And they say the same thing every year. This is our year. We them boys. How yep. about them cowboys? I told my buddy Joe, who who uh I work out with at Gold's Gym out in Bellevue, shout out Golds. You might want to, you know, be a sponsor of this podcast if you're <laughs> thinking about it. Um, you know, he was shooting his mouth off. He's like, This the year, the cowboys, this I said, Joe, you know how this is gonna turn out. And it turned out exactly the way it turned out. What a performance by Jordan Love. It is not fair, Patton, that the Green Bay Packers just go from franchise quarterback to franchise quarterback to franchise quarterback, where some teams have been looking all of their existence, and it looks like it's going to be the handoff far to Rogers, to Jordan Love, how good did he look last week?
0: And they've done it in a way that really no one else seems to be able to. They got the guy before they even get rid of the guy. Yeah, uh, in that's, terms that's, of you right, in terms of Brett to Aaron, and then <laughs> they let him to, sit
1: for a year or two, and then they plug him right
0: in. But absolutely, and I, I think the meltdown would be a little bit less if it was in a different fashion for Dallas, but similar to kind of how the Browns were from the start. You knew they were in trouble. And in the first round, in the wild card, I mean, that's a team, you're looking at it, how they played all year long. You at least got to make it to the NFC Championship game, but of course, they can't make it out at home as well. And uh, the freezing cold outside, inside, it was uh, nice and toasty warm, but like you, I'm not sure I thought anything was going to be different in terms of winning a Super Bowl necessarily. But I did but not I thought
1: it was a Tuesday they would they would at least get to the championship. Exactly. Game.
0: I I, just, I looked at kind of how they played all year long and Dak had been playing better. It didn't have the colossal mistakes, but uh throwing I believe two pick sixes in well, that game. Yeah,
1: he threw the one and then he he was off. Like him and CD yeah. Lamb were just not on the same page. And they were a great combination all year. So,
0: And you really could, I thought you could see the panic in them after oh, yeah. the first couple of series. Yep. They were like, uh-oh. Yep. <laughs> and they n- never could turn it back on. But uh, Packers, they played well. One thing they did, they got a hold of that game, and they never let go. They never let yep. Dallas have any sniff of that one. And you got to give credit to a team, for the most part, never really been in that position before.
1: Yeah. Uh, Matt LaFleur did a great job of kind of weathering the storm after Rodgers left and developing uh, Jordan Love to be what appears to be a a top yep. five, 10, top five quarterback. All right, so the games this weekend, let's go in chronological order. Early game Saturday, you got the Texans at the Ravens. Listen, Patton, I know the Texans are having a great season, but all the pr- and all the pressure is on the Ravens. Yeah. I've been saying it all week, losing this game is not an option, and Lamar has a lot to prove. He's one in three lifetime as a starter, but I really believe that this is going to be his playoff coming out party. They're at home. They're well-rested. They're playing a team that they should beat. I like the Ravens to roll, and I think Lamar's going to ball out. I do
0: very eerie to 2019 a number know, one seed Baltimore right. Ravens mm-hmm. have got all the momentum uh, a team they should beat from I the think, AFC. but I South. think they're
1: gonna learn they're learn from what happened against the Titans
0: I, I think so too and I, I think they did the same uh, they did not play anybody in in week 17 and mm-hmm. maybe uh you saw what happened to Detroit they had some guys knocked up they ended up uh, Laporta, ended he ended up, up playing, playing so ended up being week. okay. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, they did the same kind of route. But I, I agree with you; it's it's a game they have to win. It's a game Lamar has to play well in. And I think in all these games, for the most part, John, the team that jumped out first, landed the first punch, they ended up going on and winning the game. So I think yeah. it's going to be so important for them. I think the
1: Ravens are going to be very aggressive to try to. Like you said, get get that first score right. on the board, get their crowd into it. It's a great crowd at M&T Bank Stadium in yep. Baltimore. I I covered games there many years, you know, with the Steelers in the AFC North Division. It's a great crowd, great atmosphere. Get them going early. And how about this? Mark Andrews might be back for this game.
0: Yep, it has a chance. Uh, there's some questions. I've seen some reports. He's not going to be activated, so so we'll see yeah. on that front. But if you're Houston. I mean, just making the playoffs was great for mm-hmm. you. Now you've won a game. Your guys have got experience. Your franchise quarterback has experience winning a game. Uh, at They're going to go the out there and just
1: play loose. Yeah. They got nothing to lose.
0: Nothing to lose at all. I expect early shots yep. from, <laughs> from I CJ fake Stroud. Puns,
1: surprise on sides. We could see anything. Yeah, so
0: here we go. Why not? Yeah, why not? Uh, I'm excited for that game, uh, but I'm with you. I, I think Baltimore's got to start early, fast. They've got to win this game and really put any doubt away because i'm sure there's some doubt on that roster. There's some guys that were on that 2019 team that came out slow and end up losing to the Titans. Mm-hmm. So, uh big one for Baltimore and Lamar Jackson.
1: Packers 49ers, this is going to be a great chess match. You got Matt LaFleur going up against Kyle Shanahan. Yeah. Obviously, the 49ers are the big favorites, number 1 seed in the NFC, expected to go to the Super Bowl. Packers, though, got to be feeling good off that performance against Dallas. And they're kind of in a house money situation, too. I think the 49ers will win, but I think the Packers will put a scare into San Francisco.
0: Yeah, maybe not the master and the apprentice. Uh, LaFleur and Shanahan <laughs> both were in uh, in in Washington together as assistant coaches. But, uh, yeah, this one ought to be good, too, in terms of coached offenses. I'm not sure you could ask for two better ones right now in San Francisco and Green Bay. Uh, like you and like uh, what uh, Baltimore did at San Francisco, I think they've got pressure in this one. Uh, they, yeah. Brock Purdy specifically, of course, he had the arm injury last year mm-hmm. in the postseason. From Championship all, game, Exactly. Yeah. From all accounts, though, McCaffrey is healthy, and uh, the bye week was just what he needed in the mm-hmm. postseason, so he looks to be good to go. I like San Francisco. I, I think they've got it all. I, in terms of names on the offensive and defensive side of the ball, they have it. I think they're coaching wise. You look top to bottom. They're just a well-run organization right now. I John Lynch has to done you. an
1: unbelievable job building that roster really over has. time, being patient, you know, biting the bullet on uh Trey Lance Yep. to say, you know, is that his name? Yep. Okay. <laughs> I get these names well, mixed Jimmy up. Jimmy G too. Yeah. A guy I they mean, biting before. the bullet on those guys and saying, you know what? We need to move on. And Purdy's done a great job. He's mm-hmm. not just a system quarterback. He makes plays within the system. And then, I don't think the Packers defense is going to have an answer for George Kittle. All right, Buccaneers-Lions, we we talked about it. You know, the Buccaneers swaggering in with Baker Mayfield. <laughs> he played great last week against Philly. You know, they, they dropped a couple of passes on him, and his numbers might have been a little bit better. Um, same type of deal. I I think the Lions are, are going to win this game, but they're still celebrating last week. It may take them yeah. a, a quarter and a half to wake up, but I think once they do, they'll win. But, the I you know, the Buccaneers, you know, Baker Mayfield, you can't tell that guy nothing. That guy thinks, you know, that guy, you know, he's barely six foot. He thinks he's six foot eight and two hundred and eighty pounds, and and will knock the building down with one of his passes. I mean, you know, that he's got the mental side of this thing down, and he'll have his team ready, and he'll 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 fight his ass off in yep, this game.
0: Absolutely, two teams that are in the clouds right now because what Tampa Bay did against Philly, shock in the world, and really from the jump uh, looked like the better team in that one. One thing about Tampa Bay, the weapons they have, it it would scare me if if I'm the Lions. Mike Evans didn't have a huge game. Chris Godwin. He dropped a couple passes. Sure did. Chris Godwin It was more of the guy in that one. I expect expect Mike Evans to have a big game. To me, quarterback play is going to be interesting because I think coming into it, you would have said Jared Goff versus Baker Mayfield. You would think the clear advantage on who that would be, but... After what Baker did in, in round number one in the postseason, you wonder if he's starting to feel it. That's a guy, John. I think confidence is huge for him because yeah. he had a very good game against Philly. I think the momentum that he'll carry into this one. I, if I'm if I'm Detroit, I, I need to be ready. And if you're not, you wonder because another one uh, kind of like mm-hmm. how Tampa Bay handled Philadelphia. They never let Philly get a hold and if, in that. And one.
1: Philly looked like they didn't want to be there. True. Didn't you feel like after they failed on the tush push on the uh, uh, going for two there, they, they were deflated. They were missing yep. tackles, and including Kevin Byard. Sorry, I got to call him mm-hmm. out. I mean, that was just a sad sack effort. But I don't think, you know, the Lions will be up for this game. And And one of the keys for me in this game is, you know, the Buccaneers aren't great at running the ball. No. And, you know, in a loud environment against a good team, you know, you need to kind of calm things down with the running game. If the Lions can shut down the running game and make Baker beat them, He's more than likely to make one or two mistakes. And offensively for the Lions, just get the ball and Jabir gives his hands. Right. Just give that kid the ball. Amon Ra, I always say his name wrong. Amon Ra St. Brown is a terrific receiver. And, you know, they got J Mo Williams, who, you know, is, is in and out. To me, Gibbs is the key in this game. Get him the ball 25 times, either throwing it to him or handing it to him. I think the Lions will win this game.
0: Staggering how much production a guy like Jameer Gibbs can have with so little touches. Cuz yeah. right now David Montgomery is the bell cow for the majority but there'll be a series where they just kind of ride Jameer for just a little bit and
1: I would see I'd switch things up. I, I, would, I would give him touches early and work Montgomery in as like your hammer You know, short yardage goal line guy. But all
0: year long, they've they have not done that. I know. uh, Dan Campbell's faced some criticism, but they are in the divisional round, so I hard to
1: argue with what with the results. Exactly.
0: (laughs) So I would expect the same sort of thing. But uh, like you said, I I can only imagine the noise. Round one was loud. I I, I would triple that here for the divisional because one went away from an AF or an NFC championship game. Yeah, incredible.
1: And the final game, of course, the late game on Sunday, which should be a doozy: Chiefs at Bills. Hard to believe Patrick Mah- Patrick Mahomes will be making his first road start in an NFL playoff game. Uh, Josh Allen and the Bills doing a nice job, obviously last week beating the Steelers. Chiefs coming off that win in the in the in the deep freeze right. over the a Miami Dolphins team that also looked like they didn't want to be there. You can never count out Mahomes, but when you look at the Bills and Josh Allen, you know they've had their hearts broken twice by the Chiefs in the playoffs. My stance is, if not now, when for them? Yeah, I, think, I wouldn't surprise me if the Chiefs won, but I would expect the Bills to to figure out a way to win this game.
0: Yeah, revenge is going to be a word used, I think, uh, very much so uh, during the broadcast, uh, without a doubt. I think it's same sort of feeling now the Titans were whenever they pulled off the miracle against the Bills. I think the hatred towards the Chiefs has gotten up there pretty well. I don't know, John. Uh, give me the Chiefs in this one. I, wow. I still think how... Uh, Mahomes has Buffalo's number. It's not a burrowhead like uh, the Cincinnati Bengals called it, but <laughs> yeah. I, I think Mahomes has got their number and Josh Allen's number.
1: Well, I think a key for the Bills, much like with uh, Jameer Gibbs and the Lions, get the ball to James Cook. Yeah. you know he's And, oh, by the way, Steph Diggs still plays for the Bills. You might want to get him the ball. He's right. disappeared the last few weeks. All right, we'll come back. We're going to let you cook, and we're going to get into some petty news and maybe talk a little NBA. Stick around.
0: Welcome back to What's Good with KB and JB Podcast Show. Exclusively on WNSR, Nashville's first 24-hour sports station.
1: KB, Keith Bullock, out of pocket this week. We'll catch up with him next week, hopefully. John Burton, Pat and Cook on the podcast show. And, uh, well, it's what we do every week at this time. We let our guy, the general... Get off whatever is on his mind, whatever is bugging him, whatever he needs to vent about, and we call it "Let Patton Cook." What do you got
0: this week, partner? Uh, nothing uh, too angry. I'm not going to be punching screens or anything. <laughs> I, I, I like
1: angry Patton. I know because uh, <laughs> you're such a normally you're just a nice, laid back kind of kid, man. You're you know you're a true Southern gentleman and all that. You, you know I say it all the time. You're you obviously raised right, and you know you got you got your ducks in a row. And, yep. You know, when you get a little angry, a little bit off off the rail, it's for me, it's entertaining.
0: No, I know, but n- nothing's <laughs> nothing's bugged me this week necessarily. I haven't had any state-run media comments from the Titans <laughs> uh, just yet. But now, wow. I, well, I, I'm going to discuss my Cleveland Cavaliers, and uh, Mister Darius Garland should be back in uh, a week or so's time. Has been cleared for contact. They continue on racking up wins uh, without him, and. As a Vanderbilt fan myself, went and saw Darius at I believe three of the four games he played at home before he ended up uh, tearing his knee up and ended his Vanderbilt career, which just broke my heart. That was uh, that
1: was tough. Yeah,
0: a guy I'm not sure Vanderbilt will ever have a guy like that on campus ever again. But um, worried about the Darius Garland and Donovan Mitchell duo and kind of how that works. And you look at all the analytics; it's weird. It. It works in terms of analytics. The kind of points for, points against, it seems to work. But, John, for whatever reason, I am just have never had the feel that it's ever been together and working. I thought briefly last year at the start, you saw some momentum between the two, but as Darius would get um, get injured here or there, and Donovan would get injured, and then you had the debacle in the postseason. Just never, to me, have well, I had it the confidence. depends on how
1: you look at it. True. If you're a Knicks fan like myself, it was great.
0: (laughs) Well, uh, of course, uh, of course for uh, you uh, Knicks fans. But uh, as a Cavs fan, what Mm -hmm. I saw, I did not like what I saw in the playoffs. But moving on to this season, uh, Darius has kind of been not the same player to me. I I think he's kind of struggling with what kind of role he has on this team. And you hear the trade rumors, not really around Darius. I think the value is more on Donovan Mitchell because he's only got one year left on his deal. So you could view him as either a rental or a guy you could secure for the long term. But Darius is, he's tied up right now. He's on a year, uh, one of his five-year deal that he still has remaining with the Cavs, a max contract that we'll add as well. So uh, John, I, I, if it does not work in the next, I don't know, I, I'm going to give it till the end of, of February. Yeah. Uh, if that does not come to fruition, the wins just aren't mounting like they really quite have been, uh, to be honest, with, with him out.
1: They've done a great job since uh, their players have gotten injured. Bickerstaff's done a nice job there.
0: I wonder what they do. Uh, I yeah. wonder if they look at more of the future in Darius Garland. You keep him, you trade mm. away Donovan Mitchell, uh, because the guy I just do not see him resigning as things stand right now. Unless something major happens where they go on a big run. They have a nice run in the postseason, and you give Donovan Mitchell something to think about. I don't see him staying. Or do you try and get something for Darius Garland in return? Get some sort of wing back and try and make a run at it this year? Because to me, yeah. that would be a huge gamble. Because if it doesn't work, right. you're for sure leaving, and you don't have Darius. Right, Garland you get anymore. nothing for it. Right. Or do you stand put? So I. I well,
1: I think. And sorry, I'm. I'm I'm jumping in on your segment here. I I apologize for doing that. But I think it's just a matter of you have to ask yourself if you're Dan Gilbert, uh, if you're Colby Altman, the general manager, Dan Gilbert, the owner, Colby Altman, the GM, J.B. Bickerstaff, the coach. You have to ask yourself realistically how far can you go with this team as currently constructed, right? Can you – we're probably looking at at best, and no offense, but probably – second round of the playoffs right. at best, right?
0: Where you stand right now, fourth in the East, and I think they've done a great job to be mm-hmm. there, quite frankly. But mm-hmm. you look at the teams ahead, Philly, I mean... You, you know, can, is that
1: worth it to keep this team together, exactly. just getting to the second round of the playoffs?
0: Your you question, is Philly the right? But I, the, to me, there are zero questions on the two, uh, other two teams ahead right. of them right now, Milwaukee and Boston. I mean, they are two... Maybe not Boston, but perennial championship level teams. And right. oh, by the way, you added Damian Lillard this off on top of what Giannis can give you. So, to me, I, I think they're in quite the predicament. They're kind of in the where you don't really want to be, uh, John. You're kind of a, you're a good team in the NBA, exactly. but You're not going to win the anything. NBA.
1: What do they say? You either want to be really good, right, or really bad. Right? Exactly. If you're really good, you're competing for a championship. If you're really bad, you're in the lottery, and you could get that franchise-changing player. Right. Because unlike the NFL, one guy can change your whole franchise. Exactly. And, and and flip it around. If you're just mediocre in the middle, you're just going to be meh. You know? And you look at the Eastern Conference, right? The You know, the Pacers are playing well. My yeah. Knicks are playing well. My Knicks... I think we're
0: one more move away from maybe. the Pacers just added Siakam. Exactly, uh, yeah. From Toronto, so.
1: Yes, that that, that is a huge move for them. Of course, my Knicks got OG Ananobi, and they've been playing extremely well uh, since then. But, you know, Jalen Brunson has to stay healthy because Julius Randle, on his own, cannot carry this team. He thinks he can. He tries to, but he can't. Right. (laughs) He just can't do it. You know what I mean? Bless his heart. I bless his heart. And I love Julius Randle and you know he's kind of got a love hate relationship with the nick fans in new york city but you know he's not capable of carrying this team uh carrying the load by himself so um you're right so the 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 cavaliers are going to have to ask themselves realistically how far uh can we go um great uh, great let patton cook this week uh like your insights let's stick with nba when we talk about petty news and it goes no further than chicago bulls fans last yep. week I mean, what they did, it was weird because the Bulls, for those that don't know, the Bulls had a Ring of Honor night and they were celebrating their six championships from the 90s and, you know, honoring all their great players and Phil Jackson. Now, a number of uh, Bulls players from that era were there in Chicago in the building that night. Michael Jordan was not there. Or Pippen. Scottie Pippen was not there. Dennis Rodman was not there. They all, I guess, appeared virtually right which
0: do you have it that night if those three guys can't be there that no that's my question. no
1: you don't <laughs> simple answer right. no you don't so anyway jerry Krause, who was the longtime general manager of the chicago bulls the man who put that dynasty team together well, he's passed away. He passed away a number of years ago, and uh, they went to honor him, and they put his widow up on the jumbotron on the big screen, and a majority or a loud portion of the Chicago fans booed. Yep. And this stems back to Michael Jordan's issues with Jerry Krause during the Dynasty run. And when you look at it, look, Jordan was criminally underpaid when he played. He made more money sometimes off of his Nike endorsements mm. and other stuff, you know, Hanes underwear, Rayovac batteries than he did, <laughs> you know, his salary from the Chicago Bulls. You know, Kraus kind of conned Scottie Pippen into signing a really a bad contract that paid him well below his market value as arguably maybe the second best player, uh, not only on the Bulls, but in the league. And of course, the biggest beef that Jordan had with him was after the sixth championship, before the before the sixth championship, Krause said, no matter what happens this year, we're breaking up. Phil will not be back. Phil Jackson will not be back as head coach. You know, we're gonna move on from some players. We this is our time. We have to start over. And Jordan got pissed. Jordan said, Why? We just won our sixth championship. Let's bring everybody back and try to win a seventh. Let's keep everything together until somebody beats us. Make somebody beat us. And it was well-documented in the Jordan documentary, which everybody saw because it was during COVID shutdown. We had nothing else to watch. There was no (laughs) sports, so everybody watched The Last Dance. And I thoroughly enjoyed it. I'm not the biggest Bulls fan. I'm not the biggest Michael Jordan fan. But, you know, it was great to get some insights as to what was going on behind the scenes. So I think fueled by that, everything that Jordan and the other players and Phil Jackson said, you know, disparagingly about Jerry Krause fueled that crowd to boo, and his poor widow was, you know, basically holding back tears, and it was just a bad look. It was a bad yeah. scene. But you're right to your point. It was ill conceived from 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 Jump uh, Jump Street.
0: Right. I, I'm not sure it had the shades of uh, when the Titans PA guy announced Taylor Lewan back in the lineup <laughs> after giving up eight sacks to Chandler Jones. I mean, I I get it, but I I get it is a bad look. But if I'm the Chicago Bulls. What the hell do I think is going to happen when I announce a guy uh, mm-hmm. who, who, of course, isn't with us anymore? Uh,
1: and, and and I should throw this in: Jerry Krause came across as highly unlikable, right. When he was alive and running the running the Bulls, he, you know, he did not get along with the media. The players didn't like him. Phil Jackson didn't like him. The fans didn't like him, and I can understand why. And I don't mean to speak ill of the dead, but he came across as very unlikable, right? And, and he basically came out at one point and said you Know publicly, I would love to win a championship without Michael Jordan. How's it's, that going to go over in Chicago, right? And
0: it all, and all you really got to do is in the boardroom saying, If we do this, are they going to boo the hell out of this right. woman? Yeah, and, you got to think this thing It really, I, I, I maybe they thought too highly of, of, of Chicago Bulls fans, but I mean, they're it's a serious sports city, mm-hmm. and they're pissed off that they had to watch a documentary on why a team that's never gotten back to that point <laughs> right. didn't keep going. Right. So, so I, I put blame on both sides. It's disgusting from the fans, but I, I look at the Chicago bulls and that organization and saying, are you really surprised that really <laughs> right. happened? What, what did you expect? Uh, exactly. Right?
1: <laughs> but that was petty. And Jordan's always been a petty guy. I mean, the fact that this guy's yeah. sitting here with widely considered to be the greatest player of all time, six championships, you know, never lost in the finals, and he still got a bug up his butt about the fact that they broke broke the team up after six championships. So, uh, I got a couple more petties for you. I thought Mike Tomlin walking off the podium yeah. after the playoff loss the other day when he was asked a very fair question by Brooke Pryor, who covers the Steelers for ESPN, about you know him going into last year of his contract. Now he kind of sort of apologized for it a couple of days ago when he had his year ending press conference, but he kind of didn't. That was petty because how hard would it have been to just sit there and say you know what i'm not thinking about that right now i got a i got a locker room full of disappointed guys our season's over there'll be time to talk about that i'm i'm not ready to get into that right now thank you very much and then walk off the podium i you know i covered mike tomlin and i have a healthy amount of respect for him i think he's you know outside of pittsburgh he's vastly overrated as a coach he's been there a long time and he's done some things did win a super bowl but uh, that wasn't a good look for him the other day.
0: No, and he's a smart guy. He knows that question is going to be asked. you got to
1: know that question. I up.
0: don't think it necessarily caught him off guard, but to react that way, it's it's not a good look. I agree with you, and it's, it's more than a fair question because it's not like he'd been putting it to bed all year long. It'd been very cryptic from both sides. You heard that he's just going to walk away. They're mm-hmm. not going to have to fire him. He's going to walk away, so I, I agree with you. I've got one here, John. Yes. RG3 and Jay Gruden.
1: Yeah, what is going on with that? I haven't had a chance to do a deep dive in that. I'm glad you brought that up. Jay
0: Gruden uh, midway through uh, Jalen Hurts getting the hell beat out of him uh, (laughs) from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers puts out a tweet. If I ever put a QB through what Philly is putting Jalen through, I apologize. Pick up a blitz. Well, RG3 in all his glory um, Who used to
1: play for Jay Gruden in Washington.
0: uh, Quote tweets with a picture of himself uh, looking shocked. He's got his glasses pulled down to the end of his <laughs> nose, and he's saying, say what? <laughs> of course, and this is this has sparked quite a, a discussion on, uh, on Twitter between Jay and RG3. Something you thought maybe wasn't a great relationship. Yeah, yeah. And there's a deleted tweet going on right now from Jay Gruden saying, you weren't good enough. Cleveland didn't want you. Baltimore didn't Whoa. want you. And that Kirk Cousins was better. Whoa! So shots fired, and this is brought, pew. and this has brought Robert Griffin III saying it was the coach's fault, and somebody's uh, replied with uh, pictures of six assistants uh, that were on the staff: Kyle Shanahan, Sean McVay, Mike McDaniel, Wow, uh, Matt Lafleur, and now Bobby Slowick. Uh, five of those young men will be. Uh, of course, Bobby Sloak will be a, a head coach here very soon. So it is all falling apart right now.
1: Might actually be the head coach here exactly.
0: pretty soon. And you've got uh, Will Compton, who was on that squad, of mm-hmm. course, with bustling with the Boys, saying, yeah. it, RG3 said, I know where your bodies are buried, to uh, Jay Gruden. And he said, bodies are, were buried on both sides. So yeah. this, this is all one big mess. Well, that
1: was a mess in Washington yeah. because Griffin had the ear of the owner, Dan Snyder, and Gruden did not. Yep. Yeah. And RG3 knew it. And he played it like a fiddle. <laughs> yeah. You know, and Gruden, you know, the Gruden guys, uh, they've got healthy egos. They don't like that type of stuff. So yeah, that's well, that's some good juice. That's some good pettiness. It was. Yeah. Uh the ultimate pettiness to me this week was Bill Belichick when uh, or I guess it was last week, when uh, you know, him and Kraft, you know, met the media and announced that Bill won't be back. They're moving on. How about Bill? He talks for however Long he talked, gave a speech, would not take any questions, yep. and Kraft had to come back later and do a formal press conference. Bill, that's that's so. Bill has to be in control, right? I mean, that's one last. Time. I kind of I kind of respect that pettiness about him. Yep. He's like, yeah, you know, you don't get to ask me anything. I'm going to make my stadi- statement. I'm going to announce. I'm going to confirm what you know has been known really all season that I'm out of here. I'm done. I'm moving on. But you guys don't get to ask me anything.
0: Yep. I'll be damned if I'm going to let you grill me (laughs) on getting fired. (laughs) It is so, Bill. It is so. Yeah. All right. So out of the
1: coaching candidates so far as a fan, who would you like to see be the head coach of the Titans? I'm
0: pretty open. It's between one of the three big offensive guys, Callahan, Slowick, or Ben Johnson in Detroit. It's really... Three guys that I think the Titans have to get one of the three. I think they're yeah. The top I think it'll be one of those one right of those now. three, don't you? I agree. Yeah, so we'll see. But to me, I think it's going to be an offensive guy. But they have certainly not ruled it out. Four of the five or four of the nine coaches mm-hmm. have been defensive. So yeah, they're at least playing a good poker face about having a a wide net in uh, Miss Amy's terms.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. I think it's going to be one of those three. My personal pick would be Slowick. I just like what he did with C.J. Stroud in year one I think Levis has some similar traits maybe not as mobile maybe not as athletic but CJ Stroud is not really a super mobile guy either so right, man hey listen we'll get KB back hopefully next week but great job uh, chopping it up with you this week on the podcast show
0: absolutely always fun to talk uh, more sports with you John we do it Monday through Friday and we get to do it one more time
1: I haven't gotten sick of you yet Thanks. (laughs) thanks for listening everybody we'll talk to you next time